0: You're listening to Scratching and Thriving Podcast on Exposure TV Network. I'm Dr. A, an educator and entrepreneur.
1: And I'm Brandon, a healthcare executive and lifestyle guru. And we're two longtime friends who are passionate professionals committed to empowering people to thrive both professionally and personally. Hey, Brandon. Hello. How are you?
0: Good. How are
1: you? I am well. How was your week?
0: Well, oh, it's been busy. Busy, busy, busy. But good. Um, How about you?
1: It was good. And I was just leisurely getting things done this week, basically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nothing too traumatic. Mm-hmm. How's work? Work is work. <laughs> <laughs> well.
0: <laughs> Nothing... <laughs> Nothing new under the sun there.
1: Well, that sounded dull. Uh, mm.
0: I know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so listen to this. This came up this week, which I thought was kind of an interesting. Somebody asked me, you know, are you friends with your coworkers? Do you have long-term friendships with people that you work with in the past? And I had to really think about it. And I was like, I do, but I don't. Do you think that coworkers can be friends?
1: I have long-term friends that came from being coworkers, so mm-hmm. you can. However, it's better when you are on equal footing. Mm-hmm. So being an executive, I am very careful not to befriend my subordinates. So I'm not going to befriend you on Facebook, Instagram, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, unless you stop working there, then we could possibly do things like that. But if we are counterparts, meaning the same position, then probably because I'm not your boss, you're not my boss, we on equal playing field. Mm -hmm. But I don't date at
0: work. Oh, of course not. Yeah. no, I know that 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 that, is a thing for some people, but oh, no
1: cuz that old saying don't crap where you eat. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't believe in that. But as far as being friends, yeah, you can, but it's a slippery slope. So you have to be very very cautious with it. Because a coworker who is a friend can easily turn into an enemy, Just especially like when you. you when you get that promotion.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: And then you become their boss. Mhm. Cuz I have been in that situation as well and it does not always go well so you have to be fair across the board number 1 so mm-hmm. pretty much treat everybody the same and be consistent yeah know?
0: i think it's i think it's tough i can probably count on one hand the number of long term friendships that i've had developed with people in the workplace Part of that is because I am a very private person in general. So personally, I don't open up a lot in the workplace. And I know some people work and home kind of get muddied, right? Like it's, you know, they talk about their weekend and their families. They have pictures of their families everywhere. And you're like, my God, are we at your house or at home? And I'm just not that person. Right, so well, you, you know, know people... I don't keep a
1: lot of stuff in my office anyway. Because every time the roll, I just grab my bag and we out.
0: Right, but it also opens the door for conversation. So I know why people do it, but it to me, I always think of it as it's a little bit like oversharing. Like you said to your point, when people get promoted and people move throughout the organization, it can breed you know feelings of jealousy and favoritism and insecurity. And so I just yeah. think sometimes it's better to keep those things, that friendship and, and that type of a personal relationship separate.
1: I see where, because we spend so much time at work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially in my, my field in healthcare, you could spend up to 12 plus hours a day for three or four, maybe five days a week at work. So essentially you're spending more time with your coworkers than you are your family. Mm-hmm. So I can see how a coworker that you jive well with could be like another family member. I get that. But again, you have to be very careful with it because that coworker who is friendly right now can become very, very insecure. And mm-hmm. once the insecurity sets in about your promotion or your accolades that you're receiving at work, then you see the fangs. Right. And it's not always; they go from being, "Oh, that's my that's my home girl, blah blah blah, to "Dang, what's wrong with her? She got an attitude today." And it's mm-hmm. a slippery slope. You know, jealousy. jealousy yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Insecurity breeds jealousy and envy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and especially when you get promoted, and then now that that quote unquote friend didn't get that promotion, now mm-hmm. it's jealousy.
0: And you know, jealousy is a normal emotion. It's a normal reaction. It's a raw feeling. It's something that people from time to time have in general and you you always have to keep it in check but when it's in the workplace it does kind of hit different right cuz we're talking about our livelihood we're talking to your point earlier we're talking about a place where we spend a lot of time and energy and a lot of us work in mission oriented jobs and careers so you know we're there to serve The people who need our services. So for you, it's healthcare. For us, it's education. So, you know, I I don't want to be so focused on is my coworker over here stabbing me back? Because again, my purpose and my mission is here to help these kids and these students thrive. Right. You know, it does come about because insecurity, because of fear, because of a scarcity mindset. And right now, that's pervasive. You know, people are out of jobs and people are afraid of losing jobs. So anytime someone gets promoted in this type of environment, people are fearful for their own security in, in their workplace. And so they start to make little snide remarks and undermine coworkers and things like that. So, you know, it, it's not an easy time. To be dealing with jealousy in the workplace is never really an easy time, but especially when people have fear of jobs being scarce, opportunities being scarce, supervisors playing favoritism because of the economic situation we're currently in in the country, right?
1: Right. So my situation is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, Health care is booming right now because of mm-hmm. the whole COVID pandemic. So... The difference is I see a lot less of it now than I used to because they're mm-hmm. too busy to be in mess. Because mm-hmm. I can tell you in my field, when there's not enough to do, they sit around and they cackle like little hens and they start, they stir up mess. Mm-hmm. So because they're too busy with COVID patients and the influx of patients being sicker than they usually are and just the different protocols that we have to go through now to keep everybody safe then they're too busy to sit around and cackle and cause and stir up mess. Used to, you would see clicks all through the hospital. Now you don't see that as much because they just ain't got the time to do it. Mm -hmm. But I do anticipate that COVID becoming a norm for us, The processes and procedures becoming a norm, then I will see, I anticipate seeing a lot of that stir back up Mm -hmm. like before. And, you know, right now, nobody wants to do that executive leadership in healthcare because it's too stressful. Mm -hmm. It's too much stress because it's so much going on. But it's going to come a point where it becomes the norm and the stress is decreased. And people are going to want to fight for those positions. And then once they fight for them, there becomes promotions and there's the envy, there's the insecurity, there's there'll be the call for favoritism and all of that. Mm-hmm. Right now, your field is scarce. So you're having a lot of the promotion envy that we don't see, we're not seeing right now. But give it another six months. We'll mm-hmm. see it. And we can do, yeah. we can talk about this again, and I I'll have another perspective on it.
0: Yeah, education isn't so much scarce as much as it is just the way it's structured, right? But it's it's that whole concept of there are only so many executive jobs, right? So you have right. maybe seven executive positions in the company, and then underneath that layer, you may have another 10 positions. And then below that, you have 50 people who are staff, like the line folks, right? Those 50 Mm -hmm. people are competing for those 10. mid-level positions and those top seven positions. It's only so many. So that whole scarcity mindset a lot of times has to do with as you're climbing through that funnel to try to get to the top, there's only so many places that you can go. There's only so many positions that you can have. And so when supervisors start recognizing people and people start getting accolades, folks start getting in their feelings and they get in their feelings And it's, it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary because, you know, if you, if it's meant for you, it will happen. You don't have to be jealous of somebody else. That's number one. And number two, a lot of times your coworkers, I mean, in, in essence, some are really competing with you, right? Like they just need that attention. They need that, you know, but a lot of times. We're all in this together. We all have a part to play. We have different roles. We're not really competing with each other. We have a job to do. And I am going to be better at some things than you are. And you're going to be better at some things than I am. If you got a solid boss and a solid leadership, then, you know, jealousy is going re- to be really hard to breed that type of environment.
1: also brought up a good point you can get jealousy from your boss Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna tell you what i have noticed is that when your boss is not as skilled as you are it Mm. tends is sometimes they either want you gone because they you intimidate them or they want to suppress your skill set because i've seen it i have seen it And I have, and I like to sit back and watch people interact in the boardroom just to Mm -hmm. see the dynamics. And Mm -hmm. I can, I see it sometimes when a very dynamic speaker will get up there and have their stuff together. And this is a fantastic presentation. And you can tell that it makes their boss uncomfortable.
0: Mm hmm.
1: They can't sit still. They try their best to shoot holes in the presentation. Mm-hmm. And then if they can't, they'll try to take credit for it. Mm-hmm. And that, it, that will cause a lot of strife between the boss and the subordinate. But to make it through all of that, you have to understand the psychology of it all because mm-hmm. the boss is human, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So humans naturally... Are sometimes intimidated, mm-hmm. especially when they, ju- they feel like this person who just presented could be a risk for their job. Right. Well, I like to look at it a different way. If one of my subordinates do well, I'm excited because if you do well, that meant I did my job. Right. That's how it should be. And it's called like, succession planning.
0: Exactly. It just it just doesn't always happen that way. That's exactly how it should be. Anytime you are being a leader in training and developing your staff, then you ought to find joy in their advancement, their success, their wins, because that's also a win for you too.
1: I like to sometimes stroke my boss's ego
0: mm-hmm. because...
1: I am the type that's going to give their presentation. That's going to be the bomb. Not to to toot my own horn, but it's it's true. Because I'm not going to show you nothing or present anything that's half. Mm -hmm. Because my mother always taught me, if you're going to do it, do it right. Mm -hmm. So I would always say, I'm only as good as my boss. So that will make, you know, that strokes their ego a little bit. And then when they say, well, you did a fantastic job. Well, no, it wasn't me. It was my team. My team did a great job. Right. And I like to spread the accolades. I don't like to get them directly all the time because the fact is at my in my position, I didn't do a whole lot of it. Mm-hmm. I let them come up with the concept. I put it together and I presented it. And I'll start by saying, this is what the team came up with. I am just here presenting to you all to get your opinion of it. Mm-hmm. And I go from there because I can't take credit for it. But you mm-hmm. will find a lot of people at my level will try their best to take credit for it. And I'm thinking, you ain't had time to do that. You got Mm-mm. 600 people to report to you. I know you ain't do that. Who did that for mm-hmm. you?
0: Mm-mm. So how do you deal with jealousy in the
1: workplace? I have to manage my responses to it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I will ignore it. I just going to be honest. I'd be like, look, I ain't got time to play with you today. I like to, like I said before, understand the human aspect of it. I like to understand the rationale behind it. Okay, why are you acting out like this? What, mm-hmm. ha- How has your day been? Why are you insecure? And I try my best to make sure, like I said, spread the accolades around so that nobody says anything about favoritism or, you know, everybody gets credit for the work that they do. And I very rarely take credit for it because nine times out of ten, I really didn't do it and i want to make sure that i my leader is uplifted along with my subordinates mm-hmm. so that's kind of how i deal with it mhm so what I do, do you like
0: do? the yeah i like the idea of the not reacting to it right like for me it's check your own behavior first make sure mm-hmm. that you know if you are experiencing jealousy in the work place at least try to reflect and assess and acknowledge if you are contributing to people feeling jealous. Like, are you being a team player? Are you humble? So if you get recognized, are you the one that's like, ah, everybody look at my certificate. I just got, you know, are you are you that person or are you the one to kind of take a more humble approach into accepting any accolades or recognition that you get in the workplace? And then I think, you know, words matter. Choose, choose your words wisely when you're working in the workplace, right? Because you may have to eat them. Mm-hmm. And if... You know you are showboating. Always got something to say. Always trying to throw somebody under the bus, and then wonder why people feel a certain way towards you. It may not be jealousy that they're actually feeling. They may just not like you. <laughs> right, and
1: that's the difference between that cocky and that confidence. Because you can be confident all day long, give a great presentation, give, and the show. The difference between confidence, and cocky, is. You can give a great presentation and know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. All of it makes sense. And then you give the accolades to other people. That's confident. Right. Cocky is when you take all the accolades, I look at what I did, you are boasting. you're bragging. And it's like, you. I know you ain't did that.
0: Because mm-hmm. if you,
1: me and you got the same position and you got time to do that, then mm-hmm. I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Or you ain't getting the job done. Right. So it's it's kind of you have to find that fine line between cocky and confident because when cocky kicks in, people gonna fight against it, and they Absolutely. are going to they are going to give you a lot of hell about it.
0: Mm-hmm. It just
1: is what it is.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the other big piece too is to make sure that you have advocates and sponsors throughout the organization. So if you do find yourself in a situation where you're promoted and you feel like you're on an island, you're by yourself and you feel like folks down below are stabbing you or folks to the side of you are stabbing you, maybe even some folks above you are stabbing you in the back, then you really have developed relationships with key people that can help advocate and support you throughout the organization. So it's kind of like finding those individuals who... Will support and advocate for you when you're putting things up, when you're putting up initiatives, when you are trying to make changes in the workplace, because otherwise all of your naysayers are going to rally around each other and you will never get anything done.
1: Agreed. And I always say you have to have a sponsor on the C-suite because the very moment and you'll see it a lot of time in healthcare. care. When that sponsor leaves the C-suite, everybody they sponsor will be right behind them, leaving the organization, because they know that, number one, your performance may not be up to par, and their sponsor may be helping save your behind. And number two, you may just not like the other members of the C-suite, and you don't want to deal with them or have to work side by side with them because, number one, you may not trust them. So a lot of times, like you said, you have to have a sponsor who's going to back you up. Mm -hmm. Because if not, you dead in the water. Mm -hmm. All right, Adrian, I think, you know what? I think that we did uh, preach a word to the folks today. All right. Good conversation. Mm -hmm. And we want to hear
0: how you're thriving. Right. So let us know. Let us know. What are your, what are your, what's your definition for success? Um, what does it take for you to thrive what has been your experience we want to hear that from you so share it with us um so that we can learn from your experiences and other people some of our other listeners and thrivers can learn as well
1: right and look us up on instagram facebook and send us emails because we do want to hear your success stories and you know, we also want to hear those things that you may be struggling with because, you know, we may be young, but we've been through a whole lot of trials and tribulations that we can tell you how to, to overcome some of these haunts. I'm just telling you.